This is Talking Devils, the leading independent Manchester United podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Barton, joined by two of my favourite people to talk about Manchester United with this evening. Manchester United win the in the FA Cup third round, 3-1 against Everton. I'm joined by Dave Murphy and first former United striker, Phil Marsh. How are you doing, Phil? You all right? I'm good, thanks, Wayne. Um, obviously, happy with that performance and a good result tonight. Um, feeling a lot better. I've had a bit of uh, ill health over the, over the Christmas period, but feeling a lot better. So, um, yeah, everything's good, mate. Glad, glad to see you both and looking forward to having a chat. Nice one. Um, Dave, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. As you can as you can see, the sun is back out. I'm, I'm very happy here. Um, yeah, great win. Um, I'm eager to get talking about it, yeah. Let's get your guys' opinions on it. So. Yeah, um, another win in a row now for United. Seven in a row for Eric Tenag. A really rich run of form. And I think for me, it's it's not just the form, it's the performances that are really strong at the moment. Uh, United win 3-1 tonight. They started really well. Rashford creating a goal for Anthony after a couple of minutes. Um, obviously, they came into it. Um, this bizarre on goal. Oh, sorry, bizarre on goal. Bizarre goal um, that they scored. Um, De Gea makes a recovery at the near post. Cody runs in to score. And then Cody um, scores an own goal at the start of the second half. I mean, how was your look for that? Um, probably wouldn't have even expected to be up there for, to score their goal. And then he's in the wrong place at the wrong time. And then right at the end, Rashford scores after Garnacho wins a penalty. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you can say that win three one and the, the the results go through in the cup, Phil. Obviously, in a cup game, that's all that really matters. But that's not all that really matters for United at the moment. It is about building performances, and I mean that lie. How much? How impressed are you with the fact that you know United t- not maybe turned it on to be vintage tonight, but they did turn it on in patches and they. It wasn't like they they dropped the momentum. They, they really pushed for that performance and and kept going right to the end as well to win. Yeah, hundred percent. I think you, you just hit the nail on the head there. In in the cup games, I think the the result is the the, the foremost um, importance. But again, another great performance. I think um, as you said, the momentum and the uh, confidence levels are, are building game by game. I think we've got um, a really good squad and, and settled. Um, Starting eleven now with with obviously some players to come back. You know, Martinez come on there at the end of the game. I think he'll obviously feature um, once he gets himself back up to speed. But yeah, I think you know today totally dominated the game. I think Everton did play quite well in spells. I've got to give them a little bit of credit. I think they they come out and they had a little bit of a go and they they, they did sort of create and cause us a few problems at times. But I think overall, um, you know, dominated the game. You know, probably could have scored a couple more chances if we'd have been a little bit more clinical. Um, but yeah, I think three-one was probably a fair result in the end. And um, yeah, I think you know just another win and and you know keeping that uh, winning um, run going and the confidence is is flowing now through the team. You can see it. A lot of the players are playing with confidence. You know, you touched on Rashford there. I think for me, I I think he's in you know the form of of, of his career at the moment. Um, Every time he gets the ball, you you know you, you're expecting him to do something. He's he's beating men. He's putting balls in the box. He's you know looking lively, scoring goals. And I said it I said it the other day. You know Marcus Rashford when he's playing with a smile on his face and he's he's got that confidence and that swagger. You know there's there's, there's not many better in world football for me. Where yeah, it's an interesting one that uh, 
I, I have got it as my first day editing, and you've jumped straight into it. You've took my heading out. Um, Phil, it's all right. I'll come back to it in a moment. Um, oh, Jack's heading me. <laughs> no, it's not, no, I mean, it's, it's my heading, what I've got in my notes. So it's, it's oh, not you. You haven't done anything. Oh, um, <laughs> um, yeah, Dave well, dropped out for a minute there. So I'll just recap on a little of what um, Phil said. Obviously, impressed with the win. Um, but he says, moreover, Rashford in, in possibly the form of his life. And it's something, I mean, I'll ask you first about the, the win in general, but I do want to come on to that point. Is it the best that we've seen Rashford? In, I mean, since the World Cup, he's been electric. Is it the best run of form that we've seen from him um, in his career? But yeah, first of all, talk us through what you, you made of the, the result tonight and performance. I mean, it, it, I, I thought we started very well. I thought for the, you know, the, the first... 10 15 minutes i thought we played very well i thought we we could have easily been two nil up before they scored um it kind of it kind of it kind of was it was a very odd last let's say 30 minutes of the first half when and they seemed to be getting the better of us in midfield which which not a lot of teams have done so far this season um uh but what i like about this team is that uh, and, it, and it goes back to you know some of the teams that fergie had was that a lot of these guys are no pushovers. I know everything came with nothing to lose here. Um, there was a couple of nasty challenges in there and a couple of hard ones as well, uh, which yeah. I enjoyed. But this, it, I just thought for about, I don't know, 20 minutes or so, 25 minutes, I, I thought they started to get a grip of the midfield. Was because they, It wasn't because they were better. It was just that they were. They seemed to be putting themselves about a little bit more. And then United kind of got back into it then. And that's what I like about this team is that they can they can rough it up with the best of them. Um, uh, and this the second half. I mean, it, it it wasn't a great, it wasn't an absolutely fantastic game by by you know previous games we've had. But a win is a win, and and in, like you said earlier on in the cup, it's it's about getting in getting into the next round. Um, Marcus Rashford, yeah, I mean the form of his life right now. Um, apart from you know when he made his debut against Arsenal and then that that period and that season, uh, he he's been unbelievable. And I've been I've been highly critical of Marcus Rashford. Um, over the past season and a half. Uh, but look what a new manager does, you know, completely changes his mentality. He he looks happy. You know, we, we went through a period with Marcus Rashford where he just he just looked completely clueless. You know, he he would run into defenders all the time, just run straight into them. You know, he didn't have any ideas. I gotta put that down. I mean, Phil can, can probably speak more about this. I gotta put it down to better coaching. You know, no disrespect to, to Ollie or anyone, but I think Ten Hag, he's come in and he's, I mean, even Martial is 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 smiling. You know, who would have ever thought that? Um, but Rashford has been in the form of his life, and every time he gets the ball now, it, it is like five six years ago. You know, you're you're up off your seat because something's going to happen. Whereas I'll be honest, over the past year year and a half, every time he got the ball, it it normally ended in frustration for both the player and the supporters. Uh, but Rashford has been bang on form. Um, not overly enthusiastic about his penalty, the way you know his run up to it. That that type of thing just gives me nightmares. Um, but again, uh, what's that? Six, seven games in a row now. He's, I think it's five games in a row, right? That he scored um, at home. Um, yeah, that he scored. Yeah, yeah. Uh, seven that we've won. The, the form of his life and long may it continue. Um, I still believe though we're, we are. You know, we still need to bring in a striker. That said. Um, Marcus Rashford at the moment, farm player, uh, playing very well out on the left. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was a good win. Like I said, everything, nothing to lose. 
they were coming to get a you know to get a beaten anyway. But the FA Cup, as we know, down the years can throw up many many surprises. Um, and I was really really happy with the overall performance. Um, and I was delighted Ten Hag went with a strong team, and he seems to have done that in every single competition this year. And I'm really happy about that. I don't understand resting players that much. I really don't. Um, but I'm really happy that uh, I'm really happy he went with a strong side. Um, and then Martinez came back in, and you know I'm delighted to see him back. So. Yeah, it is a funny thing with Tenag at the moment. Not that they, it's like every decision that he's making seems to be working. Even like the, the smaller subs seem to be paying off. Maybe not so much Maguire tonight because that was a bit of an odd one. The way that he sort of, I'm getting on Maguire's back. I'm not, I'm not going to do that because we won the game, and it seems a bit odd to sort of pop it. I mean, it just seemed a bit odd to bring him on and change the shape, and then he's giving the ball away straight away. But anyway. I do want to elaborate on one of the points you made on Rashford. I'll come to Marshy in a second with that. I'm just going to come through the comments first. Richard says, good evening, lads. Good results. Uh, good results tonight. Things beginning to take shape nicely. Let's hope it continues. Could need an on-form Rashford next week in the derby. And Asbjorn, I hope that I've pronounced that right, mate. Um, he says, Anthony Bruno and Martial Poor. Rashford, brilliant, but Varane, man of the match. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about some of those players in a moment for sure. Uh, Phil, I do want to come back to that point that Dave made about coaching. You know, the the sort of, I guess, the directive of coaching with Rashford. That, uh, you know, we've talked about this so many times about Solskjaer. I've been one of his biggest fans and I always felt that in terms of what he brought to the club, he didn't get anywhere near the credit that he deserved for it. But it is probably true to say that maybe for four or five years, Going back to Mourinho, there's not really been a really strong attacking directive in terms of what we're supposed to do when we get into those attacking areas. And, and now with Van, um, with Tenag, it, it does seem that he's saying to the players before a game, this is what I want you to do. This is the area that I want you to attack. These are the players that I want you to go one-on-one -on -one against. This is you know an area that I want you to isolate. Because you're seeing Rashford do different things every game and you are seeing him much more full of confidence. And Dave said, I think we probably did a podcast on the West Ham game a year ago when he came on and he was so poor until he scored that last minute winner. And you were thinking, oh God, maybe this is going to be a catalyst. And it wasn't. His form continued to sort of snowball into this terrible pit that we saw. But now you're seeing this completely different player. How much of it is... I mean, we could say it's confidence in the players like picked up and maybe he's, he's sort of liberated from injuries, but how much of it do you think is down to coaching as well? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think um, it's when you look at Marcus Rashford, Rashford compared to, you know, last season to what where he's at now, it's chalk and cheese. And I don't think it's solely down to the coaching aspect. I think, you know, there was, there was probably two or three things that, you know, was cumulatively um you know going on at that period that was affecting his game um coaching definitely has improved um there's no doubt about that because we've seen it you know um across the board with all the players i think everyone seems to be a little bit more confident now they all seem to know what they're doing what the roles are they've got them partnerships building up and, and you can see a clear clear picture and a way that uh, the coach wants us to play I think, you know, Marcus Rashford now, um, after getting this bit of coaching that he's probably had in the short time that we've had the new management staff, you know, Benny McCarthy, people like that who's come in and, you know, yeah. work, working with him, I think he, he he deserves a mention. I think, obviously, he's come in and, you know, he's obviously working with them attacking players and looking at, 
you know, certain things. And I think, you know, we've, we've, we've definitely seen a, a massive improvement in that area, uh, especially from Rashford. I think for, for me, Rashford's been our best player this year by a country mile. Um, I, I did say it before, I think, you know, it, it, it's probably the best form that he's been in um, that I can remember. Obviously, you know, five, six years ago when he was at the peak, I think, um, and he, he was um, producing regular, I think now, he just seems to be a little bit more, He's, he's got that sort of fire in his belly. I think he wants to prove people wrong and, and prove to the people that was doubting him over the last year or two when he wasn't, you know, performing as well as he could do, that, you know, he is still the player that he was. And, you know, you can see it now with his output of, of, of his assists and his goals this season has been, been really good. And as I said, every time I watch him now and I see him get on the ball, I'm expecting him to, you know, create something or, or do something and, and he gets you on the edge of the seat, which is what you want to see from a player like Rashford. You've got the, you know, the attributes to be one of the best players in the world if, if he can maintain that form and, you know, keep his focus on, you know, the, the, the job that he's he's getting paid to do well and that's football. One of the one of the things as well though we you know we I wouldn't have said this, you know, eight, twelve months ago was now we have this situation where he only has eight in one step on his contract. Um, I know United activated the um, uh, the extension, the one-year extension. I mean, you know, how, how important is it that we get all that tied up sooner rather than later? Because we all know United can drag their feet on a lot of this stuff. And 12 months ago, I would have said, well, you know what, if we get 60, 70 million on, let's take it. Now I'm sweating here saying we should tie this guy down to a deal sooner rather than later. I mean, do you think we're going to get that over the line, Phil? Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with that, Dan. I think, you know, you, you've, you've just made a really good point there. As you said, last year we was all maybe, you know, looking at it and thinking it might not be a bad thing if he moves on with the form that he was showing and the body language and the way he was. It was, you know, it, it was, you know, going from bad to worse for him. But I think now with, with the, you know, the way he's playing and, and some of the form he's showing, we need to get that uh, tied down as soon as possible. And if we can, you know, get him on a big contract um, and, and time down for the next sort of five years, then, you know, he's a player that you're going to build your team around moving forward. Because I say he's only, you know, probably hitting his prime in the next year or two. And, yeah. and you know, the, the way he's playing at the moment, he's somebody who, if I'm Eric Ten Hag, I'm saying, right, I need to, you know, he's he's my, one of my first names on the team sheet. And, you know, you've got to get players in in the team to, to sort of work with him and moving forward to get us where we want to be, which is, you know, challenging for the titles and, and winning trophies. So, yeah, that's a massive um, sort of, you know, thing the club needs to sort of try and get get resolved as soon as possible because, you know, there's going to be a lot of clubs who are going to be sniffing around him with, with yeah. the way he's been playing, you know, some of the bigger clubs. So if we can get that done, um, you know, before the end of this season, then that would be a massive uh, bonus. I do, I do just think as well, just just while we're talking about the attacking play and the, the, the forward lines, I can't help but sometimes think with... You know, the way we are playing at the moment, if we had a number nine who was, you know, as prolific as, you know, someone like a Harland, I'm not I'm not saying there's there's one out there that, you know, is available at this moment in time who's who's as good as him, but I think the amount of chances that, you know, we're creating, if we had someone yep. who was a proper out and out goal scorer, we, we I don't think we're that far away from, you know, challenging some of these big teams well, again, like City and Arsenal and, and you know Liverpool because when I look at the team now, I look at the back four. It looks really good. We've got a lot of competition in all the in all the positions. You know, Casemiro's been absolutely breath of fresh air. I think he's you know absolutely mustered in that. Different. And then, and then you know your attacking options. You've got really good players, but there's not one who's. I mean, even Martial, he's not a proper number nine for me. He's a 
in inverted winger or you know whatever. And I think if we had somebody who was just an out and out goal scorer, Harry Kane and Harlan, someone like that, you know, we, we imagine how good we, we we would be with with someone like that who's going to get you 20, 20, 25 goals a season as well. Well, I think it's funny you should say that because during the match, uh, I was thinking to myself, you know, the amount of chances that we create week in, week out. If we had, I think we got two problems here. We we don't have one, you know, that type of, you know, Ruud van Nistelrooy or Rooney or whoever's going to get us 25, 20 goals a season. But I don't think there's that many of them out there right now. There no. really is. I mean, City didn't have a striker for, you know, nearly two seasons. Chelsea don't have a striker. Um Arsenal, it can be debated whether they have a really, really good out-and-out striker. For me, um, I think the time has come to test Tottenham's resolve. I really do. To, to, to just throw the whole budget. Because like you said earlier on, we're not that far off. We don't. No. I don't believe we need more defenders. I think our midfield is pretty decent. We need a striker. And, and if it was me, I'd spend the whole budget on Harry Kane. I really would. I would just go to them and say, here's whatever, 100, 150 million in the summer because there's not many people out there that can put that amount of goals in the back of the net. You're not going to get another Haaland for a long time. You know, Neymar and Mbappe, those players come with a high cost, and and I don't know, I don't, I don't think they're going to come to England. But Harry Kane must be, again, he's at that crossroads in his career again, isn't he? It's like, you know, do I want to be remembered for being a great striker with no trophies? You know, or do I want to be remembered for both I think United should test their resolve. I really, really do. And, you know, I know Kane, he's, what, 30 now? You'd still get four, five, six seasons out of him. You spend $150 million on him and you get five seasons out of him, he's going to get shitloads of goals he is. There's just not that many of them out there. So that's that's my pitch for Harry Kane. So Five years no, after I... your pick for Diego Costa. Um, you've, you've gone for him a few years ago. But... I, I'd go for I... Diego Costa today. Just because you know, I, mm. I have this thing about Diego Costa, Phil. You know, I, I think oh, he's a player that we, we should have bought, and you know, he he upsets our neighbors down the road, you know, down in Liverpool so much. Just even have him in the team would just be so great at Anfield. But yeah, I'm a big Costa fan. Wayne yeah. gives me a um, I, I I do tend to agree. Kane or someone of that ilk. I say someone of that ilk, like you said, they're not many of that ilk, but Kane for sure is um top quality striker and you you never know. Stranger things have happened and um Daniel Levy sort of playing ball with that. Um Ash Bjorn says I I don't think the Rashford thing has much to do with coaching. First it was Mourinho where the playing style was the main reason. And then it all went wrong since Cavani and the, the loss of confidence. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, there are a multitude of different reasons. I guess in, in the Mourinho points are a good one because I guess it takes us back to the Van Gaal era. If you look at Rashford coming into the side, the one thing that we know about Van Gaal's coaching was he was notorious for drilling the senior players, but the younger players who came in had liberation from that plan. They were never told to sort of, you have to stay in this area all the time. So they had the freedom. And I guess you don't really know. It's a strange thing. Now we're trying to conclude why Rashford's doing so well, but you don't really know what was happening in that sort of first 18. You don't really know any of it because of, you know, the directive of the attacking coaching. Um, but, you know, the, the 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 thing to think about is that he's doing so well at the moment. And that, that's a great... Another player who's doing so well at the moment is Luke Shaw, centre-back, um, left centre-back, um, Dave, I'll come to you first on this. Obviously, it's really good to see him playing well at left centre back. 
is it the kind of thing that you just think this is just a temporary thing or do you think it's like a longer term that he's looking at Malassia and thinking, oh, we'll give him a run of games and it's an opportunity to drop Martinez. It's obviously good for sure that he shows his versatility. But do you think that this is a short-term thing or do you think it might have longer-term repercussions? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely delighted with Lucia. Um, I mean, the guy's been through so much. I mean, he really has, even, even from our own support. Um I love the guy. I always have. I always rated him. I think that he had problems with Mourinho. I think Mourinho um, bullied him a lot uh, behind the scenes. I think Mourinho wasn't good for him in regard to his mental health. I honestly believe that. Um, and, and now Luke Shaw has proven once again what a great, great player he is. Uh, and, and yes, slotting in at centre-back. Uh, I mean, most defenders can play across the back line uh, in some aspects. But Luke Shaw has been phenomenal there, but I don't think it's a long-term thing. I really don't. But I think what we've done is we've stumbled upon an option that we didn't have, we didn't believe we had, you know, last season. And I don't want to diss Harry Maguire, but Harry Maguire, I think his time at Manchester United is done. I don't think he's a bad defender. I just think he's a bad defender at Manchester United. Um and I think he could go off and do a very, very good job elsewhere. I just think mentally he's gone at Manchester United. He, the, the guy just constantly, everything that happens, happens around him. Um, and like I said, I don't think he's a bad defender. I really don't. You, you, you don't get into the England team regularly being a bad defender. I don't care what anyone says. He's a very, very good defender. He's just not a very, very good defender at Manchester United right now. I think his, like I said, his confidence is gone. So we stumbled upon Luke Shaw and it's been fantastic. Um I just don't think it's a, I don't think it's a it's a long term thing though. I think it's just one of those things where you know Martinez will come back in and but what a great option to have. I feel bad for Harry Maguire because he's the club captain and, and the left back is getting picked ahead of him. I think he knows his time is up. Um, but yeah. I, I think he's been phenomenal there. It's interesting because if anyone who listens to the Monday podcast that we do with Paul Parker, he was banging the drum about moving Maguire to right centre half. So 18 months ago, he was saying he, he can't play on the left. He can't play there. He's causing a lot of the problems. If you play him on the right, because if you play him on the left, he tends, he tends to try and play his way out of trouble. If you play him on the right, he's a little bit more no-nonsense. No I guess in that um, respect, Phil, you look at Tenog's various um, examples of management. He's generally been spot on with everything that he's done. This is, I think this is a clever, a clever way of not hurting the captain's ego as much, right? Because he said, all right, you're not going to play it right. You're not going to play it left centre-off. You're going to play it right centre-off. That's where I want you to play. So even putting Luke Shaw in at left centre-off, he's saying, well, I want a left footer there. It's not necessarily like he's having a pop at Maguire. He's saying, mm. I want the left footer there to do what he needs to do. And, and Maguire's still coming on and he's playing some games. He's playing in the cup games and everything like that. Is this another example of what Ten Hag's doing brilliantly, that he's even managing that that aspect to put in an emergency left-back situation at left centre-half and he's still not really hanging the club captain out to dry. Do you think that that's another example of good man management from him? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, when I look at all the decisions and all the stuff that he's had to deal with in his, his short time, which is quite a lot, you know, with the Ronaldo saga and other incidents, you know, Rashford last week, you know, being late and stuff, I think he's managed every single... Um, issue brilliantly. I think, you know, you wouldn't have expected uh, anything less with the type of manager that he comes across as. I think he's, um, you know, no nonsense. He's set his stall out and it doesn't matter who you are. 
Um, you know, that that's his rules and he's sticking to it. And that's that's exactly what Man United's needed for a long time, in my opinion. I think somebody and as a manager who's got the cojones to, you know, really make them big decisions and not be scared to ruffle a few feathers. And I think that's exactly what he's done, um, which is a, a great sign for, you know, the club moving forward. Um, in terms of Maguire, I, I agree with Dave. I think, you know, if I'm being brutally honest, I think, his time for me at the club is is probably coming to an end. I think I agree with Dave. He's a great player. He's obviously done really well for England, um, you know, at the World Cup. And I think in another team, he would do really well. You know, obviously, when he, he came from Leicester, he was playing in a back three. Uh, and I think that suited him down to the ground um, in that sort of formation. Uh, so for me, if he, if he does move on and go somewhere else, I think, you know, he, he, he could flourish. And I think as we, we've touched on there, I just don't think the style of, you know, the way Ten Hag wants to play and, and Harry Maguire's strengths and weaknesses don't quite fit into um, the template, if, if you like, for, for what we're looking at. And I think, as, as we've seen there, there's two or three defenders probably ahead of him. And obviously, as Dave said about Luke Shaw, we've stumbled across that. And I think he's done magnificent in the games he's played at centre-half. He's shown um, a real, you know tenacity and, and you know ethic to, to to do everything you need to do as a centre-back and I think his performances have been brilliant in terms of on the ball and getting scored up. He scored the other day against Bournemouth which is yeah. you know, brilliant to see. Yeah, that, that's you know what you want from your full-backs really but obviously he's, he's you know gone on that um, you know run and, and got on the end of something and, and I think you know he's needed that a little bit in terms of that little bit more confidence and support from you know everybody at the club after you know he's had a bit of a hard time um but yeah i i, I did actually write down um before we come on there was there was four players that I, I made a note of that i said have been really really impressed with in terms of since we've we've come back from the world cup their attitude the application you know they've played in you know positions they may not have been you know wanted to and they've just got on with it and they've all knuckled down and been excellent and that was uh, Luke Shaw, Casemiro, Rashford and Baran. I think, you know, all four of them players who's been away with the World Cup um, have, have come back and hit the ground running and, and, you know, been magnificent. And I think, you know, all the, 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 the players who've, you know, not been away and, um, you know, and, and the players who are younger and looking up to some of these have, have you know, got some great role models there to look up to. Yeah. One of the um, one of the things that I was concerned about, and I, I know one of the the guys wrote there as well. But you know, after the European Championship in twenty one, you know, Rashford came back pretty much a broken player. Uh, you know, my concern after the World Cup was, you know, could he keep the form up? Because um, he was in decent form going into it uh, to get into the World Cup team, and then he rarely played. I mean, you know, it looks like Southgate didn't trust him. You know, he gave him a couple of minutes in that last game. I was very concerned that he was going to come back and. You know, we were going to see a, a different rush for than we saw. But if anything, he's got better. You know, he's got better since the World Cup, and it's it's been phenomenal. Um, and you are right. Some of those players that have come back, you know, losing a World Cup final, you've got to be devastated. You know, but but Bran has just come back and said, you know, this is my job. I'm going to get on with it. Um, yeah, I've been I've been really really happy with Rashford. As I said, you know, coming back after that World Cup, probably disappointed personally the game time he got. But it doesn't look that way. He's just hit the ground running. And Casemiro, oh, my God. Compl the player we've needed for 10 years, you know. Yeah. And 
what a player. I mean, Ten Hag, we have to take our hat off to that guy. Uh, I was, you know, I was chomping at the bit when we bought him. Like, why is he on the bench? Why is he on the bench? And then he played him in one game. I can't remember the game, but every time he touched the ball, you know, someone came in, smack, took the ball off him. And now I think that was his learning lesson that day to say, you're in, you're in the Premier League now. You don't get two, three, four seconds on the ball like you do in Spain. And obviously Ten Hag recognised that, kept him out of the team, brought him in at the right time. And now he's, I would argue with anyone that, that tells me there's a better defensive midfielder in the world right now than, than Casemiro. There's just not. There really isn't. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Argue um, Richard, Richard says Martinez is a future captain. He'll only get better. And he agrees Casemiro is a godsend. Godsend. Ashbourne, ah, by the way, he... Um, he said EC21, and I thought he meant Cavani. And you got it right there with the European Championships 21. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot more sense than what I came up with. Um, a very, very small little bit. Um, the, the the bad part of today's game, we'll, we'll move on quickly from it. Um, De Gea, obviously, he's been in great form lately. He's, he's broke into the top 10, perform, uh, top 10 appearance makers today. Um, what do you make of it? Um, obviously an error. It wasn't. It wasn't yeah. great, was it? No, I th- I, to be honest, I, you, we, we've come accustomed to you know De Gea. He, he'll, he'll, you know, when he makes a clanger, it's a, it's a proper clanger, and, it, and it, I think you know we've, we've seen, you know, this happen quite regularly over the last you know fifteen, sorry, about ten years, where he's, he's had great periods, and then. You know, out of nowhere, he'll just drop a, a massive clanger. And obviously today, I think it was just a lack of concentration. Yeah. For me, I, he, he's just switched off thinking the ball's going to run out of play. Um, the, the, the lad's done well to just hook it in. And obviously, you know, for me as a keeper, you, you've got to get down to that and, and, you know, smother it with your hands. But it, it's it's a bit unfortunate because, as I say, it's ricocheted through his legs and it's fell perfectly for Conor Cody just to come in and, and tap it in. But... Yeah, he'll know he's got to do better than that. And um, as I said, I, I don't think he needs to dwell on that too much. Keepers, you know, if you make a mistake, 99 times out of 100, the ball ends up in the back of your net. Um, and it's it's highlighted um, sort of, you know, more vigorously than if a striker misses a, a goal or a chance yeah. on a target. But yeah, I think, you know, if, we, if we'd have maybe drew the game or, you know, ended up, you know, losing the game, then it's obviously a massive talking point. But I think, you know, the lads have... have pulled him out of a little bit of a hole uh, by, you know, going on and, and winning the game 3-1. But, yeah, I, th- I I wouldn't get too disheartened with that. I think, you know, as a goalkeeper, it's part and parcel of the, the job. You know, if you're not fully switched on and you, you make a little slight error, it can lead to a, a, a sort of embarrassing um, moment. It's just disappointing because he's such a good keeper and he's brilliant. Yeah. Um, the amount of, of times we've seen these kind of errors from him, but, you know... Uh, who am I to call a goalkeeper? You know, it's part part of the job, I suppose. He's just, you know, been a bit unfortunate at certain times with uh, some of the errors he's made. I probably, inter- sorry, Dave, I'll come to you in a second. Just, just quickly to interject, he's probably made the higher concentration of good saves that I've seen from any goalkeeper. There was one he made against Young Boys in the Champions League, which uh, I remember he clawed it back off the line, which is probably. Probably the best save that I've seen from United goalkeeper. But Dave, I was going to say, March 1996, Peter Schmeichel pulls out a goalkeeper masterclass against Newcastle. December 1996, Peter Schmeichel does the Gordon Banks-esque save against Rapid Vienna. 
January 1998, he, he does a dead leg swing and John Hendry runs in to score for Barnsley in the FA Cup. This is like the best goalkeeper in the world at the time. I mean, I, a lot of people will have a pop at De Gea for making mistakes. So this, this I, I mean, sometimes things like that happen, don't they? I don't think it's, uh, it's not like uh, an indication of terminal decline, even though it was not great to look at. No, I mean, like, yeah, it's you're 1-0 up and then that goes in. You're like, oh, my God, what is he thinking? What is he doing? You know, he'll be hurting because, you know, we all know goalkeepers hate being beaten on the near post. That's that's the main thing for them. And he'll be hurting on that. But I'll take I'll take a couple of those blunders throughout his career. Uh, I mean, even over the past three or four weeks, he's, he's saved us on numerous occasions. Um, for me, he's still our number one. And it's like a striker, you know. Many strikers miss you know, open goals and open nets and penalties and they just move on and the following week they, they bang one in and no one cares. Unfortunately for the goalkeeper, you are right. If, you know, if we had a lost that game 1-0, it, 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 that's all people will be talking about and I get it, but we didn't. Um, it was an error. He knows it was an error. It, 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 it was kind of funny when you're seeing it in slow motion because I think Phil hit the nail on the head. He, he it, it just looked like he completely switched off for a second because his legs were like about closing two seconds too, you know, too late for when he realized that's the ball, you know, was, was on its way. Um, but I'll take those errors, not, not many of them, but I'll take those in a David De Gea career any day of the week, because for me, he's still United's number one. I don't think there's, I don't think there's many goalkeepers out there in the world that are better than David De Gea on a, on a consistent basis. So it, it, it was, Congratulations to him as well for breaking in the top 10 United appearance makers. Uh, colossal achievement. And, um, yeah, what a player that loves the club as well. It's great. A um, couple of comments from Alex, who was at the game. Alex is the son of Danny Kim, our good friend. He says, the ref was shocking tonight, and the Everton fans were also shocking. They threw beer on the United fans, which, yeah, I did see him comment about that. That's not great. The Everton fans obviously got a lot more tickets for it being a cup game. Um, go and subscribe to Alex's channel, by the way. They post a lot of good stuff. Um, Alex posts about going around the different grounds, and he's only a young lad. You know, he goes around like does tours of the, the non league grounds and different football grounds in the northwest of England. So go and subscribe and help him out there. Uh, Richard says, I can see us pasting Charlton on Tuesday. I can feel it in my water, which I don't know. Can you feel the lottery numbers in your water, please, Richard? Or can you feel a cure for my croaky voice? That would be really helpful at this moment in time. Um, and Andy says, McTominay and Fred now squad players, which they should be. Casemiro and Ericsson on another level. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to come to this point in a moment um, about this. So we bring on McTominay and Fred to close out. A 2-1 win, which is a little bit concerning, but I'm not really going to pop on them. I want to have a talk about like the other players like Marcel and Dallo. And again, not to really have too much of a dig at them. Marcel was a bit absent tonight and, and Dallo, I don't think, you know, he's obviously feeling his way back. I guess the point I'm making is more about players like that, like Dallo, like Marcel, like McTominay, Dave, I'll come to you first with this. The squad players who perhaps you're looking at them long term and saying they're not going to be United first teamers. Are you concerned about them, about their level of performance? Are you concerned about Martial's level of performance? Because you look at them and you say, all right, well, they've done all right. They've scored a few goals. Or like Dallo, he's, he's playing above like what you, you would normally consider him capable of. 
but it's still not the ceiling of um, a league. Um, you know, you, you won't have him in a team that's challenging for the league title. Do you know what I mean? As, as harsh as it is, you, it's still a step forward that you need to make. And I don't, I don't want to be too critical of these players because obviously they, there has been a massive improvement. But you look at players like that who are kind of like they're, they're in, they've got like a last chance, if if you like, and and they're still as well as they're doing, they're still not showing that they're capable of that next step. Um, I mean, it's a it's a good question, but it's I mean, it's it's. In my opinion, I think you're not going to get you're not going to get 16, 17 top class players in any team. I mean, Manchester City are probably one of the few teams, and maybe the Galacticos from Real Madrid, you know, decade and a half ago. Um, I, I think it's I'm, I'm going to try and explain this as best I can. Um, we're not going to have 17, 18. I won't say international players because we do, but we're not going to have 17 or 18 players that are that are vying for the first 11 spots. I think we we know and we could agree on at least eight or nine players that will regularly 10 players maybe play every single week now. Um, I think it. I think a lot of it as well is is around the, the team spirit and stuff like that. And what I mean by that is that even though Martial's not pulling up any trees at the moment, I just think he's working very, very hard and he's working very well. And it's working up front. It really is with him. You know, he, he's there's times he's tracking back. There's times he's out on the left and out on the right and in midfield. Um, I mean, when Liverpool won the the, the COVID league. You know, they didn't. They had you know four or five really, really good players, but I believe what they had was a really, really good unit of players together, team spirit, and that's what dragged them through a lot of the games. I see a lot of Manchester United's current squad with that. Um, I take I take that on about Fred and McTominay. If if we got rid of Fred and McTominay tomorrow, would that you know would that hamper the team spirit in the dressing room? I believe it would. I think we're onto something right now. I really do. I still think we but we 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 do need a, a decent centre forward that's going to get us all those goals. But then again, there's not that many out there. But I think as a unit, I really like what we have right now. And I think I think of a lot of it's down to the manager. He's brought these players together. He he he's told them he trusts them. Um, Fred, I mean, he's improved a lot. But he's never going to be a, 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 a first eleven player anymore. We all know that. But to have him around the team, I mean, look at James Milner. He's what 127. I mean, and he still gets into the Liverpool team every now and then, you know, because there's a reason for that. Because he's good to have around. And I think that this squad, as 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 a whole, um, is is one of is one of the best we've had in a long time. From a player to player, you could probably argue it individually. It's not it's not the best. But as a, as 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 a team together, um, and I mean, I, I, I know Phil could talk better about this because I, I know you're you're in the coaching and managing world right now. That's just you know for me, that's just as important as as having you know fantastic play. You can have all the best players in the world out on the out on the pitch, and you know City approved it. They still haven't won a Champions League. There has to be there has to also be that that camaraderie and that that you know togetherness. And what these players have gone through over the past three or four years, I think has strengthened them as a team as well. That now that we have a manager and a coach that seems to, you know, he just seems to be the right man at the right time. Um, it, it's a long-winded answer to your, is Fred and McTominay 
you know, am I concerned about them? I, I'm, I'm really not because they're not, they're not, they're never going to get into the team ahead. But I'm not too concerned about them coming in to close out games. I'm really not. I think just as a, as a team structure, if we got rid of Fred and McTominay and we brought in other players, it, it could, it could upset, it could off balance the whole team spirit as well. And Martial, like, like you said, he's, he's not scoring a lot of goals, but he's doing a hell of a lot. I think for that team. I really do. And I wasn't always a Martial fan. I thought he was lazy and he was uninterested. I just think as a team, as a bonding team, it, it's 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 pretty exciting for me. I mean, I'd, I'd like to pass it on to Phil because, you know, I know he's coaching now and he's managing. And uh, I mean, is 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 that as key? Well, in, let me, in let, me re, let me reframe the question for Phil then because okay. I, Andy was the one who brought with Tom and Fred. What I was really, what I was trying to make the point about was the starting eleven. So the starting eleven, where you look at the the eleven players, I think the two obvious players that you look at, sorry, are Dallo and Martial. Where you say, all right, well, we could make an improvement in those areas. Those are the ones I'm talking. I know that a good squad, and obviously it's a great squad at the moment. I'm not discounting their ability to be part of a squad. What I mean is when you look at them and you think they are playing well, but even though they're playing well, do you look at do you still look at them, Phil, and say? If if we had someone better, then we'd be in that top two argument. Yeah, yeah, and and the only reason I look at that is because of how well we have been playing at the moment, and we're on a good run. The manager's doing brilliant. You know, there's loads of things going well at this moment in time at Man United. Um, but then I'm looking at the bigger picture, and I'm thinking, right, if we get to a you know a semi final or a final, or you know, in you know a couple of months, we are in the top four and we're challenging maybe you know to to stay in that when we do play some of the top teams and the better teams, you know, you, you can't afford to carry players and you need them big players to deliver on the big stage in the big moments. And I think with someone like Martial, I think, you know, the amount, of, I think I, I put a tweet on a couple of weeks ago saying that he could be a player who cost us um, this season in terms of if we're playing against the big team, the amount of chances that we're creating, if he's not putting the ball in the back of the net, you know, it could come back to, to bite us on the ass. I think because the teams that we've been playing in the last, you know, four or five weeks, we've been playing brilliant football. Um, you know, people have been chipping in with goals, you know, different players, this, that and the other. I think, you know, we've we've managed to get through that period. And, and I think, you know, we've been playing really well. But again, we're playing teams that we should be beating. Um, you know, the real test's going to come um, in the crunch part of the season for me when, you know, we're, we're, we're maybe, you know, seven or eight games out uh, to, to maybe finish top four. If we get to a semi-final or a final, these big games, when you, when you need your, your big players to turn up, you know, if Rashford gets an injury, God forbid that happening, you know, then I'm, I'm looking at that front line thinking, where's the goals coming from? Because for me at the moment, you know, Rashford's probably the only one who's consistently creating and providing and scoring goals. Um just to touch on Dallow as well, I think, you know, before the World Cup, I thought he was doing really well. Um, he, he looked like he was finding his feet. He looked solid. He was playing every game. Um, you know, he had the odd game where he, he made a couple of mistakes or he, he didn't, you know, have a perfect game by any stretch. But I think he was slowly uh, building into the team. And I think because he was playing regular, that confidence comes with, you know, playing regular football. Um for me, he, he's one who's maybe come back from the World Cup and not hit the ground running as well as, you know, the players I mentioned before, Shaw, Varane, uh, Casemiro, Rashford. Will that come in time? I hope so, because I think he's 
got what you need to in a modern day fullback. I think he's good on the ball. He can get forward. He, he can, you know, put balls into the box. Not convinced on him defensively. I mean, I've seen spells in in you know um, his time at the club where I've thought, you know, brilliant. He's done really well there. Um, I think there was a game a, a couple of months ago where he was defending at the back post, getting headers, and you know he was he was more secure. He was tucking in a bit more, and then you know you see games where he's he's left isolated and people are skipping past him, and he's not he's not um, you know what you what you need from your fullback when you're defending in a one versus one situation. So. I think, you know, them two players in particular are areas where we can definitely improve. You said that way, and I, I agree, you know, 100% with that. But as Dave said, you know, the, the the team spirit and the camaraderie in the dressing room at this moment in time looks really good. And, you know, I wouldn't want to lose any of them players and unsettle um, the apple cart because I think we're, we're on a good uh, run. We're in a good place at this moment in time. And maybe just looking at the bigger picture in terms of, you know, where we need to be to be challenging for trophies and to be, you know, definitely in that top four. If we had a couple more players that were, you know, what we need in terms of a striker who can, you know, sniff you out and goals in the box, like, a, you know, and Nisselroy or, you know, somebody of that ilk, which we said there's not many about and I get that. But, you know, that's, that's the kind of player. If we had that at this moment in time, I think, you know, we wouldn't be that far off and, and, you know, with, with the, the confidence and the manager and all the things that we've got going for us, it, it's it's exciting times. I think I think this is just Wayne's um you know, he, he had a pop at me about Diego Costa earlier on. I think this is just Wayne's way of trying to get United to bring back Anderson into the midfield, you know. Um Wayne's, you know, according to Wayne, he was the best midfielder ever. I believe he has a tattoo as well of him, you know. So this is just Wayne's way of saying, let's get rid of Fred and McTominay and get the McDonald's kid back in, you know. I think that's all he's hoping for. There's, there's no need for that. Before we go, <laughs> one one little uh, name I do want to throw at you, uh, Joe Felix. Now, you both talked about number nine. Uh, Harry Kane's the name that you've both mentioned and you've talked about, um, obviously, a world-class striker stepping in, someone who can sniff out goals. Felix isn't that kind of player, but he is a versatile forward. And there's something that came to mind, Phil, um, that I've, I've been thinking about ever since we've been linked with him, you know, since the, the link's been fairly strong at the start of the window, you know, maybe a four million um, loan fee that they're talking about United are trying to put in so it's not off the table that this could happen obviously if they want more United can't afford that but if it's an affordable deal and I, I look at this and I think yeah technically we do need an out and out striker but you've got a versatile front line there that reminds me so much or the squad composition in a way reminds me so much of 0506 when you had Van Nistelrooy was on the way out but Ronaldo and Rooney were blossoming into something and they were, neither of those were out and out number nines but you knew that there were, there were so many goals in that front line as long as they clicked. And really what clicked for those two players was Sahar, and he was never a 30-goal striker. And I, I just think if you put, I'm not saying necessarily Felix, but a player like that who he's obviously a greater threat in the box than what Martial seems to be because there's a presence in there. It can drop deeper and look, um, joining the play and everything a lot more than what Martial seems to do. Um, he doesn't, well, as far as I've seen, when I've seen him play, he doesn't go absent as many times as Martial seems to do. So, although we are saying, and I agree with both of you, I'm just throwing it out there as a, a sort of a random 
point of discussion before before we close off. Yes, theoretically we need a number nine, but if you put in a player like Felix, do you think that that could bring more goals to the overall team in in the he brings something completely different? Yeah, I mean, oh sorry, go on, Dave. Sorry. No, you go ahead, Phil. No, I, I mean, I'll keep it short and sweet, Dave. I think for me, it's. When you look at the um, attacking options that we've got at this moment in time, I think if Jar Felix comes into that, he, he definitely offers something extra. And um, I think in terms of a central position, I think he would probably do a better job in terms of attacking and creating stuff more than Marshall um, in that position. Uh, however, I think when you look at, you know, all the teams who've been successful over the years, who's not had an out-and-out out number nine, if you like, you know, when you look at Liverpool and City, for for example, um, you know, they had Salah and Mane, who were scoring 25, 30 goals a season. And Firmino was being the link to that and being the player that was dropping in and, you know, making them tick. And that's the way they got, you know, their success. And City didn't have a striker. They had De Bruyne playing as a fake uh, number nine. They had Jesus playing as a fake number nine. Because they had so much quality, you know, they could get away with it. The attacking options they had was, you know, all, you know, really, really good players. Whereas we're not quite at that um, place at the moment. I think, you know, we've got Rashford who's firing and I, I wouldn't have any concerns about, you know, him playing there on the left at, uh, every every game for us and scoring goals and creating stuff at the moment because he's in such great form. If you bring a Jao Felix into that mix and play him in the middle, then that would definitely improve us and bring us um, a bit more success, I think. But then it's it's the other side of the pitch for me that we're, we're sort of... I mean, Anthony's doing OK, but for me, just he's not quite... I mean, it's, it's the similar situation to when Sancho signed. I was expecting a lot more um, than, than what I've seen so far. Granted, it's his you know, first full season and, and, and he's sort of done quite well in, in certain games. Um but I think that's a position where, as well, we, we if we are going to go down that route of not having a prolific number nine who's going to score 25, 30 goals a season, you have got to have, you know, two two out of the three that are scoring, you know, 15, 20 goals in order to get you to yeah. where you need to be. Um, and I don't think we're quite at that um, place yet with the players we've got. Got some great options, got some great talent, you know, Garnacho, young lad who's going to get better every, every game he plays and... He's exciting to bring on, but I wouldn't have him starting every week because you don't want to, you know, ruin him and, and play him too much. You've got Sancho who's training back at Carrington now on his own. He can come back into the fold at some point. Um, you know, Anthony, you know, there's there's loads of players who can play in them wide positions, but I wouldn't feel confident if I'm if I'm being honest that we could, you know, get the amount of goals that you see, you know, the other teams um get in, in the current situation so yeah Felix would be a good addition um but I think next season or you know if we can get a number nine who can come in and you know get us them goals then that that would be my main target and, and I think that's the position we need to strengthen in for me in terms of you know in the next transfer window that we get opportunity to spend money I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the fly in the soup, so um I'm not convinced of Felix. I'm I'm really not. Um I I just I I just don't know. I I mean if if he was if he was I just don't understand why Atletico Madrid would want to loan him out halfway through the season. Um 
there's got to be a reason behind that. Uh, I mean, I know he he didn't play in the last game, but the previous game to that he played and he scored. I don't know. There's 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 some. For me, it's just it's a very very risky. Uh, even as a loan deal, and even you know bringing players in as a loan deal, does it always work for four to five months? I mean, they're not are they overcommitted to the team, or one of thing two one or two things go wrong, and I just I I haven't been convinced about him. I'm I'm really honest. I I think he has the potential to be a very good player, but just right now, and and the the Premier League, come on, we we know it's a beast of a league. It's the toughest in the world, um, and bringing him in cold if. So the way I see it is, if he's not currently doing it in the Spanish league, I don't think he has much of a chance of doing it in the English league, if I'm being really, really honest. Um, if they were going to buy him, I'd probably, probably, I wouldn't even look at it differently, but I may understand it. But taking him for four or five months, regardless of the money they're going to pay him, because to me that's irrelevant right now because football is so crazy on that aspect. Um, I'm just not convinced that bringing him in will do anything. I would rather stick with, you know, the team we have now, get Sancho back into the team. Um, I love Anthony. I really do. I think we've got a player there. I really do. I, I, he has a long way to go. I know Phil said, you know, you're right. It's his fourth season. It's going to take him a year or so. But I, you know, I don't know. Maybe I think it was the spin against West Ham. I think that's that. That's what did it for me. But I think he's a phenomenal. I really do think he's a phenomenal player. I just think he... You know, he's he's just an excited kid at this moment in time. He's, you know, I don't know whether, Phil, you're old enough, but I know, Wayne, you're well old enough to remember Tony Daly. I mean, Tony Daly for Aston Villa, as soon as he got the ball, it was just Forrest Gump. He was just gone. Um, a lot of times there was no end product. I see Anthony a bit like that. He just wants to run. But, you know, Ronaldo, when he came to United first, he was the same type of player, wasn't he? He was just like... It was he was just uncontrolled. It was like you know, um, and, and and Fergie saw you know what what we he eventually became saw him and I I think Anthony for me is going to be a phenomenal player and I, and I would I would just keep him in that team and keep him in that team. I think he has a heart of a lion. He loves the club. He loves the fans. He gives a hundred percent. We're that close about from from. I, I just, me personally, I think he's going to be phenomenal. We need to give him time. But to get back to the Felix thing, um, I just, I, I would just bring Sancho back in. I think he's a better option right now. We're, we're, we're taking on an unknown. Um, and I don't know, you know, this, this, like I said, if he's, if he's, if he's not turning it up in the Spanish league, I just don't see how he's going to do it in the Premier League. That's my honest opinion. So. Interesting. Um, Marcus Rashford has been talking to ITV and he says, he agrees with us all, by the way, he says, yeah, probably goal-scoring form, this is probably up there with the best I've ever been, which tells you we know what we're talking about. Um, or or he's, quote, he's taking quotes from our podcast, so he's been watching us in the, I don't know, maybe in the can in Old Trafford. So. Oh, Marcus. It's all right. You just tell us, you know, we'll feed you quotes. It's all, it's all good. Um, Alex, one little quote before we go. He, he asks about Maguire. Uh, we have talked about him earlier on, um, Alex. Don't worry about that. Um, about what he, what he did when he came on, and yeah, it wasn't much. But I'm not going to be too critical because he did what he was brought on to do, and it was the manager who brought him on. So, um, yeah, thanks for the guys um, joining us tonight. Everyone joined in the chat, and for Phil and Dave for their time on this Friday night. Um, I guess me, Phil and Lee will be back next Friday to talk about the Manchester Derby preview of that, which should be a lot of fun. And I'll be back with Paul on Monday morning. If you're watching on, on YouTube, please like and subscribe. 
if you're watching on the replay get your comments and questions in because we do still comment and uh, reply reply to them on the replay uh, if you're listening back on the audio podcast as well please be sure to like and subscribe on the platform you're listening on don't leave any reviews of my croaky voice because it will be gone in a week or two i promise that and um, we, we put it with phil he had a croaky voice for a week and lucky he's come through don't don't judge us on that we'll all be good um and richard does say before we um we go agree with dave about felix he's only averaging one goal every four games i had to pull that up because it's not often we do get someone who agrees with dave so we better get in before we end the podcast on that um yeah thanks for listening thanks for watching guys and we will be back very soon with um analysis of i guess a preview of the city game but also um the review of the Everton game with paul parker as well 